and hope, or joy in hope, or hope and joy. I don't care how you slice the cake. It's like Brother Coffee said, and I'm going to keep reminding you all of what he said so you won't pay attention to what I'm saying. <coughs> we folks ought to be better Christians than what we are. Right. right. Yeah. Amen. We don't go out and we don't witness like we should. No. Do we? No. We've got all the happiness that anybody could want right here in front of us in the Word of God. Amen. We don't even treat one another as members of the church properly, right. do we? That's right. That's true. Donna and I were talking about it this morning, coming down the road, and I, did, I don't know why I'm on this. This wasn't even a part of it. I'll get to it. Hang on. <laughs> Donna and I were talking when we was coming down the road this morning. <clears throat> that every person in the house of God, I don't care where you go to church, here, one of the other churches that's represented here, ought to treat others better than themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Do you know that that's a part of the joy that we have as Christians? Because we don't, we shouldn't, we don't, we shouldn't, Backbite each other. And all the things that other people do. We should not do that. But it happens. Now, let me get, at, now that I've said that, let me get this started this morning. I've got a certain amount of time and my paper stuck together. At least I'm not standing up here telling you the dog ate the sermon. Where the batteries went bad on the tablet. Do what, brother? Where the batteries went dead on the tablet. <laughs> my wife hasn't stepped into that realm to get me a tablet yet. I'm throwing everything longhand. Oh, this morning, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. I hope I've settled everyone down. I'm trying to settle myself down. Just hold your places there for a minute. I want to start this out by saying, my brother uh, called me to brother Tommy Thompson. Bobby Thompson yeah. called me and told me that he wanted me to preach and told me what the subject matter was. I got to thinking, how am I going to start this? How would be the best way to start this? How many of you all in here have children? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Some of you don't. That's understandable. Some were not able to have them. My daughter was not able to have children because of the cancer that she had. By the way, see this? That's not a religious religious tie pack, but that reminds me that God saved my daughter. Amen. Amen. Guess what? She's still cancer free now. Amen. Amen. Did you guys remember <clears throat> after you got married to that lovely wife of yours? <clears throat> and she came to you and she said, Guess what, honey? And you get that dumb look on your face and you start thinking, uh oh, what did I do now? <laughs> <coughs> comes to you and she says, guess what? I'm pregnant. Uh, what? She <laughs> said, well, what does that got to do with this? Nine months. Nine months. Joy and hope, joy and hope, joy and hope, joy and hope, joy and hope. For nine months. Joy that we're going to have a child. Hope that everything's okay. And then at the end of the time, the child comes forth. And you look with joy and hope into that little face that looks like the lizard. <laughs> How many of you guys was in there when your baby was born? <coughs> Guess what? Both of mine, I got the whole dim before Mama did. No. <clears throat> Matthew was born with, he looked like uh, alfalfa on a little rascal. <laughs> Matthew was born, he had one little wad of hair stuck up. That was the first thing I seen when he was coming out, was that little wad of hair sticking out. <laughs> Here's Paige, whenever she was born, she looked like she was covered in lard. Actually, the, the uh, obstetrician almost dropped her. He went, whoops! I said, what? What did you do? Now, I'm being facetious. I'm trying to clear the air and ease my nerves. But at the end of the nine months, that little... Baby comes forward and you see that little face and everything's wonderful. And you see all that joy and hope that you went through with for nine months. You see all that joy and hope there. And then when you take it home, you, you get to thinking about things. And you get home with the baby and about five nights later when you haven't had any sleep because the baby's kept you up all night, for about five nights, you say, where can I take it back to? <laughs> and then after this time, you have a little bit of quiet time. 
with mom and dad and the kids all grown up. And then the grandkids come along. And the joy and hope raises again. Joy and hope, joy and hope. Grandkids, joy and hope. And guess what? When the grandkids come to visit Grandma and Grandpa, joy that they're coming, hope how soon Mom and Dad gets there and take them back home. <laughs> you say, what does that got to do with anything? I thought that was a good way to start this out. Joy and hope. Amen. Webster's Dictionary says joy, <clears throat> a very Glad feeling, happiness, and delight. Hope, a feeling that was it that what is wanted will happen. Desire, accompanied by expectation. Now, let's get on to the religious parts of this. The Bible dictionary says joy is a feeling of great pleasure, happiness, because of what? There's a catalyst here. God's goodness. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised and the strength of that hope is in his faithfulness to deliver his promises. Did you get that? Now, in this chapter, let's let's read a little bit and then we'll go on from there. We're going to read a few verses. Not a lot, but we're going to read a few. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his, his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Uh, Brother Coffey and I were quite like-minded today. Pardon me, Brother Coffey. That ye may be one with one mind and one mouth Glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as if it's written, For this cause I will confess to thee, among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, I saith, saith 
There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and him shall the Gentiles trust. And the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in, in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Paul here in this letter, if you read it, is encouraging these people. The church of Rome, the members of the church of Rome. I, I don't have any problem to tell you that there was probably Jews and Gentiles both in this church. And he was encouraging them. <clears throat> uh, let me say this. We need encouragement today. Uh, this uh, letter was written to the church of Rome just prior to the all-out persecution of God's people there. Just prior to. It's not to say that it wasn't going on, but it was just prior to the upheaval that went on there in Rome against the Christians. And Paul was trying to encourage these folks. And in the day, in the, in the society, in the world that we live in today, we need encouragement, folks. We need this. We need to get together. We need to love one another. We need to care about one another. We need to pray for one another. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, persecution is already on the rise against God's people. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. Let me start this out. I've got four points. I've got one more point than Bro Coffee had this morning. These are the points. We live in a whole horrible world. That's number one. Now I'm going to contrast things, so you all give me a little leeway. I asked Brother Bobby, I said, do I, do I have to stick to uh, my guns here? And he said, no. He said, you can move around if you want to. Horrible world. Holy Son of God, heaven is amazing, and the happy return. So, let's start out with the horrible world that we live in today. Not only the world, but our society that we have in this country today. You all have to admit, y'all cannot sit there this morning and not admit that things have escalated here in the past few years. Right. To a point where if the Lord does not step in and intervene, this country is not going to be recognizable. Right. 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 Let me let me give you a few things here. And I'm going to try not to be political because Brother Don breaks out in hives whenever I say something political. <laughs> but where best to talk about stuff like this than in the house of God? Amen. Amen. Right. Amongst God's people. Do you know that just recently 
it was brought to attention that our government is sending informants into churches. Did you know that? Yeah. How many of you all heard that? Yeah. I don't want somebody going out of here and saying Dale Osborne stood up there and said a bunch of untruths. They are reporting back to the government the things that we are preaching and teaching in the house of God and the government is going to decide whether it's hate speech or whether it's domestic terrorism that we're pushing. Now, do you think that that's a form of persecution? Yes. That's right. Amen. Do you think it's going to get worse? Yeah. What are you going to do when they walk into church and they drag you out shackled? I'll be screaming and It's coming. It's coming. Amen. You cannot sit there this morning and see what's going on around you and deny that it's not coming. You walk up to somebody on the street and you try to witness to them about the things of God. Used to be they were generous enough and respectful enough to stand there and listen to you at least one time. Now, if you say something, I don't want to hear that garbage. I don't want to hear what you've got to say. I don't want to see you. You don't tell me about God. You don't tell me about His Word. I don't want it. Get out of my face. I don't want it. So, persecution's coming. We're killing babies by the thousands. Thousands, millions, ever how many you want to want to talk about. And they say that they're doing this because of women's health. That is a lie. Amen. Jeremiah 1.5 says, and all of you people that are Bible students knows where I'm going. The Lord told Jeremiah that He knew him before he was conceived. Amen. And He sanctified him in the womb. Tell me there ain't life there. Tell me there ain't life at the moment of conception. We have men marrying men. We have women marrying women. I don't know what your political stance is. But I do know one thing. These things are against the Word of God. Amen. And I don't see how God's people can stand by idly and let this stuff go on. I, I get tired of hearing this comment whenever you talk about these things. 
I don't care what they do as long as they don't bother me. You might as well be cooperating with them yep. to say that. Yep. You're not making a stand. Yep. You're fence straddling. Right. Amen. Y'all have to excuse me. I get happy. <laughs> My feet get happy whenever I get happy, so I'm moving around. In Genesis 2, if you want to go there, Genesis 2, verses 21 through 25. Mm -hmm. yep. The marriage was instituted between who? Man a man and a woman. That's it. Not between Adam and Steve. No. Not between Mary and Sue. Yep. It was Adam and Eve. That's right. Do you know that there's there's a there's a lady on our Supreme Court right now that can't identify if you ask her can't or won't identify to you what a woman is. What's she on there for? Who put her there? She was black. You've got a department of education. They had him before this man that was in the Department of Education. They put him up in Washington, D.C. and started drilling. Guess what? He couldn't define to you what a woman was. Where have we gone? Yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? <coughs> The rot in this country ought to be terrible to your nostrils. Amen. And I know there's people sitting out there saying, I wish he'd shut up. <laughs> he shouldn't be talking about this stuff in God's house. Why not? Yes, we should. Amen. You're right, brother. Yes, we should. Amen. Do you know what a woman is? God created male and female. Right. He did not create its right. or somethings. Right. <clears throat> now we've got to run around up there in Washington, D.C. and other places saying, Men can have babies. <laughs> now you all just hang on. I'm going to work this in. You're sitting there saying, what is he doing? I'm going to work this in. Just hang in there. Men can have babies. Well, if you go to Genesis 127, I believe it is. You will find there that when 
God brought His wrath down upon Adam and Eve because of their sin in the Garden of Eden. What did He tell you, her? Thy conceptions will be multiplied. Thy conceptions. He wasn't looking at Adam. He didn't say that to Adam, did He? He told her, He said, Thy conceptions, Eve, and every woman after you, you will conceive, not the man. Right. Then we have these young people that are running around now. The boys is wanting to be girls, and the girls is wanting to be boys. Mm -mm. Right. No. And we've got a president up there that's pushing this thing along. Wanting us to take our kids out and mutilate them. And you've got mothers and dads that's willing to do it. I told you I was going to be truthful. Get the fact checkers out. And I don't care what you do to the outside of this body. I don't care what you try to change on the outside of the body. When you get into Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, when you get into the blood, I don't care what you look like out here, your blood will tell you who you are and what sex you are. Because Leviticus chapter 17 says that the life is in the blood. Trust me, folks. My God is perfect. I don't know what your God is, but my God is perfect. Amen. And He does not make mistakes. I've just brought you a few things. Now, this is in contrast, so let me go on with this. We still have the breakdown of the home in this country, don't we? Right. Yeah. A lot of kids don't even know who their dad is. A lot of them don't even know who their mom and dad is. A lot of them is being raised by their grandparents. Yeah. Right. We have still have we still deal with diseases like heart attacks and cancer. We have wrecks that people get mangled up in and killed in. We have shootings. Our economy's going to pieces. Lawlessness. Losing our freedoms. Wars and rumors of wars. The decline of education. Churches failing. Churches failing. That's right. And we have much more. Have I got your attention yet? Amen. How much joy and hope did you hear there? How much joy and hope do you get every day living in this society, in this world? Not much, if any. A lot of people sense their joy and hope in wealth, fame, prestige. Why? That ain't going to get you to heaven. Job 14.1 says, Man that is born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. 
Is there a lot of positiveness to that statement? Do you see a lot of joy and hope in those words? Now it's about time for us to change gears. I told you I was going to work this in. I was going to patchwork it together. As Brother Coffee said, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. <laughs> but God. But God. Now we're going to get into the good part of it. But God means that He is graciously and compassionately intervening. But God. We see all of this terribleness. But God. Brother Coffee read to you this morning in Ephesians chapter 2. If you want to go there, you can. If you don't, you can listen. It talks about our our state of depravity. And let me tell you folks, that depravity won't do anything but keep being depraved. Sin. It lusts for sin. But God. He stepped in and He changed you. And He set you on a new path. And He directed that path. And how does He direct that path? With this. And how little do we get into it? Not enough. And I'll be the first to admit that. So, my sec that was my first point. This is my second point. And I'm almost out of time. I do that every time. Even when I teach. <laughs> point two. So we've changed. God, but God, has changed these things. The Holy Son of God. Now remember what I just told you about the things of the world and the things in our society. This is what the Holy Son of God gives us. Election, which is called by God. Salvation, which is purchased by God. We, we are given faith. We would never have faith if God didn't give us the faith. We would never be able to believe if God didn't give us the ability to be able to believe. Amen. You say, oh, I was searching around for God one day and I found Him. <laughs> nope. Sorry, you're wrong. We are justified. Do you know that how great that is? Mm -hmm. By the blood of Jesus Christ, we are made as if we had never ever sinned. Right, right. Amen. And boy, I have done some miserable things in my life. <laughs> Brother Coffee, I know what you was talking about this morning. I would be embarrassed to tell you the least of the things that I've done in my life. Yeah. 
We are restored to fellowship with God in heaven through Jesus Christ. We are adopted as sons. Everything that the Father has, we have. We are sanctified. We're made holy. We are set apart. We are preserved. This means that whenever you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will never be separated from Him again. Never. You say, well, I go out and sin. You're still not separated. He'll whip you. He'll wear you out. He'll cause you discomfort. To say the least, He'll cause you discomfort. And it doesn't have to cut. Let me take a, let me take a little side step here. It won't necessarily come on your head and on your shoulders whenever the chastisement comes. He can get your attention through other things. Through other people. Through those even close to you. We are blessed by Him with our physical and spiritual needs. I didn't say your wants, did I? Didn't say your desires, our needs. We are indwelt with His Spirit and we have His Word to guide us daily. And this is the great thing. Not, not saying that all of these are not great, but here's the great thing. You know you can pray to Him. Do you know that that is a direct line of communications with your Creator? Amen. Yeah. And we haven't scratched the surface with all of this. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadowing of turning. You all ought to mark these things in your Bible and go back to them. Hope. Joy. Have I got your attention yet? All joy and hope in God the Father is in God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Word. We should be happy. We should have a smile on our face. We should be shouting from the, the, the rooftops. We should have a kick in our step. People should say, hmm, I wonder, I want some of what he's got. Yeah. He's different. In a good way, he's different. Amen. You notice I had to put that in there. In a good way, he's different. I got two more points. Heaven is amazing. 
Hebrews 11, 1, and you say, I don't understand why he's bringing this verse out. It says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the yeah, evidence of things not seen. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen heaven? If you do, you tell me what it's like. Because I haven't. I haven't been there yet. I know I'm going. <laughs> All I can tell you is what John says in Revelation about his time that he spent in heaven. It brings to mind the, the little story about the guy, the, the rich guy. Have you ever... You, well, I'll tell you the story and then you'll know whether you've ever heard it or not. He was filthy rich. He had all the riches that anybody could ever want. Now, this is a story. This is not a true story, so follow me. He begged and begged and begged that when he died that he could take his riches to heaven with him. And he did. He died. He took his riches with him. It was granted to him to do that. When he got to the pearly gates, Peter opened the gates and looked at him. He said, Peter, look at all these riches that I brought. And Peter looked at him and said, what, pavement? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Gold. Gold. <laughs> he thought he was filthy rich with gold. And when he got to heaven, it wasn't nothing more than pavement. Guess what? The streets up there is paved with gold. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We're to walk on it. Yeah. Today people kill for it. Yeah. And we're going to walk on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the greatest thing in heaven is going to be? The one sitting on the throne. Amen. Amen. Everybody says, well, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to run around and check everybody out, talk to the apostles and all this kind of... No, you're not. You're going to hit your knees. Yeah. And you're going to Amen. thank the one that got you there. And you're going to praise His name throughout eternity. Yeah. And finally, I know everybody's wanting to go eat. Just let me finish this one. She's happy to return. His happy return. <coughs> I, like Brother Coffin, I don't think it's going to be too far off in the very near future. I'm not going to make a predict, prediction. I'm not going to make a date, month, year. But if you go back to Matthew chapter 24 and you read it, and you apply it to what we're seeing today in our world, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in diverse places, all these kinds of things. It was the beginning of it. And the Lord said in Matthew chapter 24, verses 32 through 44, if you want to go there, if you want to write it down, go there and read it later, that's fine. As in the days of Noah were, when they were eating and drinking, Marrying and giving in marriage until Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. 
go on with this. The Lord tells us in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, he, he, said, he said this, that He is going to prepare a place for us, and if He goes to prepare this place, then He will come again and receive us and take us where He is. Are you ready to go? Are you looking forward to it? If you've got any concerns about it, folks, you, you better make sure that your uh, salvation is true and sure. I'm looking forward to it. We're told in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18 that He will return with a shout. With the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and if we and we that are alive will be caught up in the clouds and we will meet the Lord in the air and so we will even be with the Lord forever and ever. Amen. So are you joyful this morning? Are you hopeful? Then why the long faces? <laughs> We look like a bunch of horses walking around. <laughs> all that we are and all that we have is centered in Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Colossians, and I will finish with this. Who do I turn this over to? You. Colossians 1.16 tells us all things were created by Him, the Lord, and all things were created for Him. That means even joy and hope. You say, how do you get that? When God created the heavens and the earth, He created man and woman, didn't He? Did he create two zombies or did he give them desires, emotions? He did. And two of those things that he gave them. All of the emotions that God created and put in human beings, the two that we're talking about today is joy and hope. And it's all centered in Christ our Savior. Amen.